I used to do lots of things. Oh, there's not just nine acceptable toppings. It's around there. No. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. I, I was hoping that maybe you could do like jokes about like the differences between male pizzas and female pizzas, but I mean, white pizza and black, black pizza. And black pizza. <laughs> <laughs> What's white supremacy pizza? That's, that's no the one sauce. place where whites are never supreme. Is pizza? White no. pizza is anytime no. someone orders a white pizza, I just oh god. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. No, I like not, it. Oh well, it's gonna be God. done right. It's gonna be done right, though. Oh in California, God. of course. California yeah. people California. love white pizza. I know. Yeah, we God. do. Any excuse they can get to make it not pizza. <laughs> <laughs> ben and I, we were actually talking about that. It's like, yeah, like California. Like we don't have like a really signature style of pizza. It just seems like it's like uh, any other style of pizza that's not regular pizza. It's like, yeah, it's we'll like, put pineapple. We'll put vegetables and broccolini on it and shit. Heterodox kale. Pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, shoot me. It's just like a vegan throw up on it. Vegan oh. throw up pizza. That's actually in the, in the latest Goop article. Oh, really? Yep. Oh. Vegan throw up pizza. Oh. Funny enough, I've actually $49. Pizza to Gwyneth Paltrow. Really? Yes. Did she just skip? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. What'd she say? Did she say thank you? Um, no. So we, uh, I used to work on a food truck that made pizza. Um, and we worked her son's birthday party really? at her house. Yeah, that's what awesome. It? What was it nice? Yeah. It was beautiful. I didn't go inside. We were on the property, but you know. Right, right. So, so where's her place? Yeah, yeah. Is like Beverly Hills? Well, what's her address? address? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's her exactly. Oh, it, it, when is so she this home? This was like when I first moved to LA. So it was at the point where I didn't know what the different neighborhoods were. I just got an address <laughs> and I put it in my GPS. Yeah. <laughs> so I, thought, I couldn't even tell you where it is. It's, it's like when everything's just Venice Beach. Yeah. Well. yeah. Um. So Pat, you're a comedian. Welcome back, man. This is your third or fourth I think time. Fourth, right? Fourth? Might be the fourth. It's at least because you've been third. on with Vinny. He's been on with yeah, I've, I've done at least one virtually, one in person. Oh, that's right. We did the in-person ones. Yeah. Oh, we did, baby. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was wasted for those. Yes, yeah. you were, yeah. And jet lagged and on coffee and all kinds of <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, so I think, yeah, this is third or fourth episode, 89. 89? Yeah. Oh, my God. What are we even doing? You have to get me this? one of those jackets, like the people who host SNL five times. <laughs> oh, do they get a jacket? Do they really? Did they get like an actual jacket? I don't know if they do, but it was in that skit. So they at least got a jacket oh. for that skit. Oh, okay. Wow. Gotcha. Well, welcome back to episode 89 of the Reckless Musecast. And uh, yeah. So um, you're still doing stand up comedy, I hope? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I do you think I'm he could afford that house. I, that's exactly. true, yeah. What's paying for all of this? <laughs> this is open mic night uh, money, baby. <laughs> if you also spend $5 every Tuesday, you could live in a house like this. Gotta spend money to make money, boys. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. How's, uh, so, how's yeah, that how's, going? Yeah. How are you? Um, I mean, it's good. It's one of the, like, I'm doing... I'm doing all the dumb shit where like you gotta 
put jokes online and everything, which I, I hate doing because I'm, I'm stupid and I'm bad at editing video and I don't, I, it's the dumbest thing. Like I, 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 my ideal profession in life is to talk in front of people, but I hate putting it online where other people can watch it. Makes right. me feel bad about myself. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> so are you editing your own stuff or are you editing other people's stuff or what? Oh uh, no, I edit my, I'm just, just good enough to figure out how to edit my own things. I'm, no, watched, nobody is paying me to edit their stuff. I watched one of those edited things recently. So let's talk about Lizzo. Lizzo. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So she's still fat. Still is fat. It not as fat, though, or still? I think she's still just as fat. Oh, I thought she lost weight and caught flack for it. Is that not true? No. Uh, I know Adele. That happened to Adele. I, know Adele. I thought That's that also Adele. happened to Lizzo. And then she like <laughs> apologized for losing someone. No, like Adele like, had like a total change. Like Adele oh, yeah. got thin. I'm not saying Lizzo got thin. I said she oh. lost some weight. Oh, okay. And, yeah, I don't think she did. <laughs> oh, all right. So still fat. and uh, But twi- spin zone. More importantly. More importantly, uh, <laughs> giving her backup dancer shit for also being fat, which is sounds like a joke I would have written in like 2020. Right, right. It's kind of like, uh, kind of like, um, what's it? Um, reality is beyond parody. All right. You think she did that because like she was like embarrassed? She's like, Ooh, we don't have one fat queen on stage. Like, you know, maybe it's like she didn't want to be upstaged. No one can be fatter than me. You can be fat. But <laughs> no. watch how fat you're getting. No, I've listened <laughs> to some of this. Um, and I think it's, I think, she, I think she's just kind of mean. And, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, it wasn't just like fat shaming. In fact, that kind of seemed like a small part of it that's just getting <clears throat> obvious attention because it's hypocritical. But it was also like some other kind of gross shit. Um, there was, uh, they went to, they were at a sex show in Amsterdam, her and her crew, and it had like uh, sex dancers, I guess, because they're not really strippers, like more putting on a show, like yeah. shooting bananas out of their pussies. And, yeah. and then like Lizzo, I don't know if she, she didn't put a gun on anyone's head and say eat it, but like made one of her dancers eat it. And that's one of the main, gripes which to me like in Amsterdam that's just lunch like I don't right I, I don't, I don't <laughs> well, that, know. that's the whole point of my joke is that like she's in trouble for way worse stuff yeah then like, what the fat the, shaming then that exactly shaming. exactly but, yeah but it's all anyone cares about because right. that's the funniest <laughs> that's the funniest <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean some of it's kind of cruel like I heard like 12 hour auditions that yeah. I mean that would make <clears throat> a very fit person in agony let alone um uh, big girls yeah. making yeah. big girls uh her tour company is called big girl big touring <laughs> so, girls spelled g-r-r-r-l um yeah. i mean so you know maybe it's kind of what you should expect if you're gonna like apply to work for lizzo like that's the kind of treatment you should be getting you know what i mean like yeah i, I feel like it's more of a it sounds like it's more of a you know, do you ever work? I, I never have, thank God. But like, I know this is a big thing, kind of like startup culture. I know Joe, you worked in that like startup culture, or like very like finance kind of shit, very New York coastal, maybe some other cities. But like going, kind of, you don't have to go out for drinks with your boss, but mm-hmm. you kind of do. Yeah, yeah. And it's like fuck, man. I just want to go home. Right, and there's right. that pressure. And if like you're the only one not doing it, I think it was a lot of that. <clears throat> yeah. But it wasn't like drinks. It was eating like pussy bananas. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So it's like, did she have to go to the sex show? No, but she kind of did. 
Right. And I guess maybe that's not always fair to the bosses, but I, th- I think it was, and, and also some applied pressure. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is <laughs> it's one thing if she just made them go to a sex show, but once you start making them, you know, yeah. you, you can go out to drinks with your boss, but once he starts making you eat bananas out of someone's pussy, that's when I go, you know, maybe a line's been crossed here. Some people are allergic to bananas. That too. Because that's fruit. the important part of this. Or fruit. in pussy. Fruits so. and grams. Some people are allergic to pussy. So. They're, called, they're called gay men. Yeah, I mean, fr- and fruits of gamble. I found out late in life, like five years ago, five, six years ago, I'm allergic to papaya. Whoa. Pat, Pat you muted yourself, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm allergic to papaya which is the only food I'm allergic to, which is very strange. Like I'm not allergic to any other fruit or any no. food. So it's a health risk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, papaya kind of sucks. To be I, I didn't really come from papaya eating culture. So I guess I didn't know <laughs> until late in life, but As it doesn't, it's one of those weird fruits that doesn't taste like a fruit. You know, it's, it has like a weird, like, I don't know, like almost like jello-y consistency. I don't it's really not, know because my throat is not like a fruit. <laughs> just, so what I did was I, I thought I was because I had like a piece of papaya a while ago. Sure. And then what I was doing was I was getting a dried fruit and nut mix and eating it like every day at work, not knowing papaya was in it. And I felt a little weird. I was like, oh, shit, there's papaya in this. Let's let's do an experiment. So I just took pieces of the dried papaya and ate it and i'm definitely allergic yeah so instead of going to a doctor i just did my own i did my own research and and turns out i'm allergic and i'm still here it's just a mango that's that got really tired and couldn't quite do it so you know so you're not missing out on much yeah um i actually like dried papaya but fresh papaya i could i could live without yeah well you can have mine i'll I'll, I'll ship it send it (laughs) mail it out all your dried papaya (laughs) <clears throat> um so nice man so that was a good opening conversation um lizzo is there any more about lizzo no no i touch okay moving on <laughs> i just think it's so wild to because she she had the, the tv show here come the big girls where she picked her big um, fat dancers oh right, right. That, that's how she met these big fat dancers that she has mm-hmm. huh and to make your and like it's one thing to make your brand about being body positive because you're a big fat fatty mm-hmm. and then turn on your people. Right. But to then right. also be like, I need more big fat fatties around me. <laughs> and then be like, You're too fucking fat uh. <laughs> is such a wild move. <laughs> it seems like kind of a bait and switch. Yeah. No. <laughs> it doesn't seem very fair. Yeah. Like it's a weird power move. Hate to, fat to people. Just be the only fat person. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what she's gonna do now. Why? Well, I, I Tim Dillon had the best take. Her only career move now is to get skinny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only way forward. She has <laughs> to total, turn Adele. Just a total pivot. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Turn on fat people too. Oh. Not just like be skinny and still be <laughs> like body positive. Yeah. She has to tell all the fat people that they're disgusting. Being fat is immoral. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like, it's like Rod Blagojevich now is who's like the who's the Democratic mayor of Chicago is like a huge Trump guy because because Trump uh, Trump commuted a sentence or whatever gave him uh, 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 what's it called clemency yeah 
Uh, so now he's like a huge Trump guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see that a lot in like just like in the culture war stuff where it's like mm-hmm. when you have someone who's pretty left leaning and then like they say something like, hey, you know, just because, a, you know, a woman has a penis like, you know, and it's like, oh, hey, how dare you say that? And it's like, all right, fine. I guess I'm hanging out with Tucker Carlson now. And it's like, because <laughs> I'm a Republican now. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. They're never just like, no, I still have the same opinions. They, yeah, just, yeah. they turn so hard. Yeah, that does. Yes, that it is. Uh, who I, I feel like you see that. Uh, like, uh, what, what's her name? Um, Cadence Owens. Candace Owens. Oh, Candace Owens. I, right. I always mess that up. Candace Owens. I feel like she she was like a vocal liberal for a while, right? And yeah, she's like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, I can harness this power. Yeah, <laughs> and, and get in front of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> even people who aren't doing it for money like look at jk rowling like what she got in trouble for was like very mild, mild. yeah like yeah. she literally just said like you know trans rights are important but you know there's like a lived experience to being having grown up as a woman and then like she got like people tried to cancel her for that and then she started getting like daily death threats from trans people, and now she's like, "Well, yeah, maybe trans people are garbage." <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll that'll do it when you. It's like, well, they keep I tried. trying to shove their girl cocks down your throat. Yeah, yeah suck my girl dick from the back is the most <laughs> convincing argument. Yeah, maybe these are human rights. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man, it, that um, it's so funny that like like, like didn't she open up like uh, a shelter for for like female rape victims and then like they they, they shat on her for that? Yeah, white supremacy Nazi rape victims, Joe. I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only rape victims who have been raped in their vaginas, Joe, which is inherently <laughs> that's, that's that's exclusionary. exclusionary. <laughs> oh. oh well, well then. I, I feel bad for her, even though yeah. she's like a billionaire. And I kind of yeah. don't. What I've always said about J.K. Rowling was she kind of courted this shit for a while when she yeah. would she would do things like <clears throat> be very vocal about like refugee stuff when it's like, OK, then you house some of them in your fucking mansion. Right. You know, right. And, and or in your neighborhood, like you don't live there and you don't have to deal with any of the issues that come with just flooding in people from a different culture that have some stark, you know, uh, opinions that actually they have some of the biggest intersectional pretzels like gay like views on gay people and it's like oh wait they don't share our progressive views in the west of like lgbtqia plus rights oh that's surprising um and then she kind of courted that shit when it came to race stuff with like i never said hermione isn't a woman of color and then someone shows a passage it's like her hermione's pale white skin (laughs) (laughs) not to mention in in the book she mentions every other time someone's black right it's the first thing she says yeah and and that actually is a good gripe that you know once in a while the crits have a point where like as a fiction writer i i do i do try and be conscious of like you shouldn't just mention someone's race when they're not white like that is an issue when it's like Oh, you mentioned their ebony skin or their like their like brown uh russet skin or whatever that is, but like for white people, you just never mention it because it's assumed they're white. I do think that's wrong. Sure, right? Like sure. there's a good argument. It's like white isn't the default. Like we sh- you should either be you should be consistent either way. Yeah. Um uh and uh but that being said, 
uh, J.K. Rowling did not do that. And she was just trying to like play in that moment of yeah. like super race sensitivity and to give some like raw meat to her, you know, very progressive reader base, young reader base who then uh, turned on her because they always do. Like they, they will always turn on you because they don't have good values. Yeah, it's so funny when, when authors do that. Like they'll 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 take like you know a best-selling novel that they wrote and then like yeah. you know fans will be like hey this wasn't diverse enough like oh I didn't say that the lead character wasn't transgender uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, in a wheelchair and uh, neuro neurodivergent and it's like okay but that was you had five hundred pages to do that and you didn't like yeah well yeah, here's the other thing is you don't have to explain when people you don't have to write a description that someone's neurodivergent their actions usually speak for that yeah yeah <laughs> well i do think like there's such an issue with the with the self-censorship like the canceling there where you'll get and what i always want to tell writers and authors or even other like i don't know or i i, want, I almost use the term content creator fuck me uh, <laughs> artists when they do it's like who do you think these critics are like a lot of them are just like pissed off 17 year olds who are going to Vassar next year. Like their opinion doesn't matter. Right. Like, like, yeah, you, you, you'll, you will get some colleagues who will criticize you again. They're probably listening to those same pissed off 17 year olds. Like that's what happened with Trader Joe's a few years ago where to their credit, they pushed back and they didn't do this, but it was like some kid made some online petition about like Trader right. Jose's is racist. It's like, this is a fucking kid in the basement. You know what we used to say <laughs> online in the basement and like chat rooms and, and, and Xbox live and Warcraft and shit. We do the most horrible stuff. Imagine we, we just channeled that into creating online petitions. Like the horrible show would have tried to do yeah. like that. That's just what kids do now. Right. Right. By the way, I, I noticed that kid didn't try to stop Trader Giotos. Only Trader Jose's. You know, yeah, it's only right, only right. a problem <laughs> Trader when it's Jose. Yeah. But when the, the Trader Giotos attack, olive oil is just fine. But isn't Joseph an Italian? Isn't that uh, Giuseppe, though? Like, shouldn't it be Trader Giuseppe? Or is it Trader Giotto? Is, is Giotto Joe? Is that what? That's not, that's not the important part. Oh, no. <laughs> <the important part. laughs> uh, Joe, yeah, Joe is Giuseppe. It is Giuseppe. No. Maybe it is Trader Giuseppe's. I don't know. But yeah. either one. They, it was Giotto's. I think that was my – I was offended by the fact that they didn't, that it wasn't called Trader Giuseppe's. Right, for yeah. us. Yeah. In not Trader, Italian, yeah. but supportive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. In Trader Joe's defense, they know that most people are too dumb to realize that uh, Giuseppe is Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what's going on with the comedy scene in LA these days? Is it good? Is it bad? Or is it, yeah. Um, you know, it's in a pretty interesting place. I feel like, cause like when I first moved here, it was very saturated with like just really famous people. Hmm. You know, you went to the comedy store on any given night of the week and it was just a lineup full of like any of people who like any comedy fan in the country has heard of, you know, national Hmm. headliners. Hmm. A lot of them have left. You know, like Rogan's gone, Tom Segura is gone, um, I, 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 Ron White, yeah. like a bunch of others. They all just and, go to Texas. Yes, yeah, well, they're all Austin, Austin because is, that's where Kill Tony is now at the Mothership. Yeah. mothership. Austin is also a garbage place that, and it's a dumb place. To live. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? You don't like Austin? It, it, it's a hundred degrees with eighty-five percent humidity. What kind of an idiot would move to this city? Oh, it's that. It's that humid in Austin? It's yeah. terrible. Oh, I thought it's it was terrible. dry. I thought it was no, dry. No, it's crazy humid. Yeah. Oh, I know Houston was. I didn't know. 
Dude, know. taking a shower there is useless. It's like, because I was just there a few months ago. So it's like, you take a shower. Yeah. All right, cool. I'm all fresh and clean. And you go outside within like 10 minutes. And if it's, if it's a hot day within 10 minutes, you're just like, shit, I need another shower. Like I'm hot and sweaty and sticky. It sucks. See, I, Texas, I, Texas is a dumb state. They, they stop being <laughs> you know, we used to be a country. Yeah, the whole time you were a country, you were trying to become a state and we didn't want you to. Yeah. Suck it, Texas. <laughs> I have never been to Austin. Uh, I want to go, but it's a fun place. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Austin's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know because I thought it'd be fun to say you went somewhere like during, even if it's not great. Like you went somewhere during a moment. Like it's obviously having a moment, and it has yeah, for yeah. a few years. Like people still talk about like being in San Francisco in the late '60s or being in New York in the '70s. Uh, it'd just be kind of cool to say that. But then again, I don't know if I'd hate it because like there's not it's like not what I kind of picture it being. Yeah. And I even said, I even read something where like, there's this town South of Austin. Cause you know how the whole thing's like, don't California, my Texas. Yeah, well, then yeah. there's like this town South of Austin. It's like, don't Austin, my so-and-so like whatever this town's called. I for like a small city. Oh, that's like yeah, what yeah. Austin used to be. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just want to go to the Texas chili parlor. That's like the only reason I want to go because that's where a lot of dead death proof was filmed. Oh, and interesting. I, yeah, and I and I like going to places that run movies, and it looks like a cool little bar restaurant. Yeah, I mean Austin's a, a fine city; it's fun, but it's yeah, just yeah. like pe- people like Texas too much, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a dumb place. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those places where because when I was there, you know, I, I, like whenever I had like an Uber driver, I'd ask them a little about themselves, and they they would always say like, "Oh, yeah, I, I'm originally from L.A. or I'm originally from you know, San mm. Francisco or the Bay Area." And like, you know, I love Austin because like it has a lot of the cultural stuff, has all the nightlife and concerts and restaurants and bars. It just costs like a third less. Uh, so, so I think mm. that's part of where it's like you you can kind of have your cake and eat. You can have all the fun, cool stuff to do, but it, it doesn't cost nearly as much to live. Um, that might be changing though with the economy, but um, that was kind of yeah. And, and this is before the, the pandemic. This is like in 2017 or 2018. Now, oh so, yeah. So yeah. No. W- weren't you there? You were there a few months ago though, too, right? Yeah, that, that was just in San Antonio though. Oh, that's San Antonio. I was in Austin. You were in Austin last month. And, oh, okay. And was that your it's, first time? It, yes. And listen, it's like I said, it's a fun town, and sure. it's definitely cheaper than LA as far yeah. as like doing stuff to go out. I, I couldn't speak to like the cost of rent. Yeah. But it wasn't, you know, it's not like when you go back to your college town, you're like, oh, my God, drinks are a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man. I was talking it's about that recently. Prices. Yeah, there was a night, there's a deal where you get like $2 Rolling Rocks at my bar that we'd go to for college on like Wednesday nights or something. In between the uh, $8 for a pitcher and wings and then the silver coin night where you'd they'd spin a wheel and every drink for an hour was whatever coin it landed on. So it'd be like a nickel. <laughs> so, so you're getting like vodka sodas and whiskey gingers for a nickel. Oh, nice. That's true. Oh. But I mean, like I was saying, like a lot of the famous comedians have like moved away. And so now mm-hmm. there is much more of like um, it. While I'm sure it's probably not as attractive to like fans of comedy it feels much more doable as like someone who's trying to break into comedy. Right. It's like I, now I know people who routinely go up at the comedy store who work at the comedy store. Like it mm-hmm. feels like the people who are on a similar level to me are now at the place where I'm trying to get rather than, you know, you look up to the thing you're trying to do and it's Joe Logan and Bill Burr are there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's a cool time to be doing comedy in Los Angeles. Um, it feels like there's a lot more opportunity. 
That's cool because yeah, yeah, I, I can see where it's like you know before it was like you know a listers, and now the competition is is you know the fellow losers, right? So it's like fellow exactly. nobodies, you know, just like and it, it's important to remember that we are all losers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I mean, I, I do like that. I mean, like, I wonder, like, do you think that there's any kind of like like movement or any sort of like this is like a new era that could lead to something interesting, or is it too early to tell, or is it you know you know what I mean? I I think you're definitely going to see a lot of a lot of names. Like you're going to see a lot more people kind of coming up and getting famous. Yeah. Um but I I I will say there's also like this side of me that stand-up comedy to me feels like something that comes and goes in waves. Yeah. And like they it gets very popular and then it gets kind of like saturated and then it becomes almost like so many people do it that there's a lot of bad comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're getting to that point just because I I, you know, I don't think you're going to go out to like regular sto- shows at the comedy store, you know, produced by the comedy store and ever be like a lineup full of shitty comics. I don't think right. I don't see that ever being the case. Right. But there is like this worry that I'm like, man, did I just get in at the worst time? We're like, <laughs> When I'm like ten years into it, comedy is just not going to be popular at all. Like it's going to be like it was in the '80s, where it's just a fucking, or like in like late, like the late '80s, early '90s, where no one's getting famous for it except for like two people. Yeah, yeah. Are the crowd are the crowds any different from I, I don't know a few years ago? Yeah, when, when, first when he first started coming moved. on the show. Oh yeah, when he first moved. Um, I mean, not by a ton. I would actually, if anything. I think some of the crowds have gotten less PC. Yeah. Um, I think there is, and I, I think like you, you see it a little bit everywhere with the kind of, I guess you call it the zeitgeist is pushing back against mm-hmm. the feeling of everything being so PC. You see almost more comments on stuff about how shitty it is that stuff is PC than the PC comments on there that the people are fighting against. Right, you know? right, right. And I think you're seeing a little bit of that in, in the audiences where they're they're pretty okay with people pushing stuff. There are certainly rooms where that's not the case, and you, you know, I'll still occasionally see people get called out for stuff that is stupid. Right. right. Um, but overall, like generally speaking, audience members they're down for a good amount, and there's also not a lot of people like yelling at you if they don't like your opinion. They just don't laugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, have you ever been heckled? Not really. Um, you know, people will like say stuff occasionally. I've never had like a really, um, like a moment that kind of sticks in my mind where I can be like, this guy actually heckled me. He like tried to, you know, fuck up what I was saying. Like people will occasionally yell stuff out, yeah. but I don't engage with it all that much. Yeah. Um, and it's never been to the point where they're like actually trying to speak to me or, you know, argue uh, with my joke or something. Right. It's, I think it's pretty rare to see in Los Angeles, to be honest with you, because it's, it's an entertainment town. Right. Yeah. You know, and pe- people get that. And that, especially a lot of, yeah. And a lot of the shows that I do are, <laughs> they're not these shows where so many random people are coming in just because they see ex comedian most of them are connected to somebody on the show. Right. Because, you know, none of us are draws. We're just fucking people. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so I think it's way more often that famous people or, you know, people who are famous enough to just sell tickets based on their name get that because Mm -hmm. the people in the audience don't actually know anyone who's performing on the show. They're just there to be entertained. They're there because their friend knows the comedian. They have no fucking connection to the the person on stage. They got dragged to the show and they were told it was funny and now they're drunk and they think they're funnier than the comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does Adam Egan, does he still work at uh, at the comedy store? No, he's down in Austin at Joe Rogan's new club. Oh, of course. He's, oh, he's at the, the, the Comedy Mothership? Oh. Yeah, yeah, he's the booker there. Oh, Have you guys been to that place? I walked by it. What uh, is it? Is it, like, massive? Is that... I, it's hard to tell from the outside, but it looks pretty big. Mm. Um, I, I kind of wanted to, like, go in and see if I could hang mm. out the way you can at the store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there is, like, the, the comedy store has, like, an outside patio where you walk in, so it's very accessible to hang out at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like just looked like a show space, and it was just it was kind of early in the night, and it was all just door people kind of standing there. I didn't want to walk and be like, anybody hanging out? <laughs> <laughs> like, Get the fuck away from me! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I'm a comedian from Los Angeles. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. Uh, I always liked that about the comedy store. Uh, like just like that hangout vibe. It's like it's really easy to just kind of bump into famous comedians there. Um, but yeah, that, that is a bummer that so many famous comedians have left. I've, uh... It isn't, and it isn't. Right. You know, mm. I, I think it's very cool that people who were kind of you know, been like your your bench warmers and that you're just like stuck down on the depth chart for a long right. time mm. right. are getting much bigger spots there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, the PC thing is interesting because uh, the last time I went to the comedy store, it was before the pandemic. So this is probably like twenty, early twenty nineteen, I think. Um, and uh, I went to the comedy, store and and Joe Joe Rogan was the headliner, and but it, it was one of those ones where it's like they had like like two hours of comedians doing like fifteen minute slots. Um, and, and there was pretty big ones. I remember Theo Vaughn was one of them. I think Chris D'Elia before he got Me Too'd was one of them. So there, there, there are a lot of pretty big com- uh, comics there. And I remember there was this one old timer guy, like this, like this guy who probably started doing comedy back like in the late '80s, and he never, he's probably like never quite became famous. But he, but he's good enough to stay at the comedy store. Like he's just got like a residency, like a lifetime residency at the comedy store. And he made some unpc jokes. And I remember there were some people in the, in the audience who kind of booed a little bit. And I remember just being like all cranky and like, hey, when you what, what how come you kids don't like jokes no more? Like this and that. <laughs> it, was, it was really hacky. Um, but like uh, uh, I'm glad, but you know, like I said, you know, that was like about four, maybe five years ago. So I'm, I'm glad that you know the, the tide is tar- starting to turn a bit in terms of you know acceptance for comedy that pushes the boundaries a bit. Yeah, and I remember talking to one of my my buddies about it who does some pretty like edgy stuff. Yeah. And he was saying and again, it is rare for people to like yell out and boo at your opinion. Yeah. If even if they don't laugh, because sometimes it's not because they don't think it's funny, it's because they're like, oh, is that okay to laugh at? Right, right. Mm-hmm. If you should be like, ah, fuck you, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it breaks the whole thing open and people laugh. It's like, ah, oh, you're right, it was funny. Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, Shay, uh, uh, um, Louis C.K. was talking about how one of his favorite comedians these days is uh shane gillis shane's great yeah i love shane gillis and he was talking about his like he's like he's interesting because he's got like a red state personality but he knows how to cater to like brooklyn like millennials so he knows how to kind of straddle the different you know straddle the different times um 
and and he's like, you know, like he had this one joke where he got up on stage and he goes, uh, so my dad's a Fox News guy, and then everyone boos, and I'm like, yeah, hey, come on, all your all your dads are Fox News guys too, and then everyone starts laughing and cheering and clapping. So it's like it's, it's interesting how he's able to yeah. kind of like flip it. Yeah, he does. He's interesting like that. I I had a lot of fun listening to Bert Kreischer talk about him because he yeah. um he opens for Bert on some of his tours. Yeah, and he was saying because Bert has like has two daughters who are that kind of Gen Z teenager age. And I think on the more liberal side. Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about how Bert's <laughs> daughter was like, I'm not like Shane is someone that she's supposed to not find funny. Right, right. You know, cause he got thrown mm-hmm. off SNL for being on, you know, being racist. And right, he, right. you know, he is a little bit of like a red state guy. <laughs> yeah. And, but he's so funny. And so yeah. He does it so kind of friendly too. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he's not out there like a lot of edgy comics who are like in your face trying to be like, you know, fuck you, right. yeah, you fucking pussy liberals. Like that's not how we deliver yeah. it at all. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, she was laughing while trying not to. You know, she went in there trying not to laugh at it, and <laughs> but she can't help it because it's just so funny, and he's so yeah. good at it. That yeah. what's that? Oh, fuck, I forgot his name. I saw this comedian. He's been on Louie. Remember Louie's show? Yeah. Uh, not yeah. Lucky Louie, just Louie. Yeah. Um, he, he's been on, the, he's like one of those guys who you see once in a while. I can't remember his fucking name. I saw him though. <clears throat> what does he look like? Back in, he's white. Nice. You got to give me more than that. Uh, I can't, I honestly can't fucking, I don't even remember. Fat what guy, with. short guy. No, he's just kind of a dude, like probably in his 50s now. He is, so if you've seen Louie, do you remember the guy who's is he like very conservative? Is it Nick DiPaolo? No, I know Nick DiPaolo. Okay. No, he, 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 I would have said like Greaseball Italian if I was describing Nick DiPaolo. <laughs> uh, uh, this, this guy, if you've seen the show Louie, he uh, is on, he's like opening for Louie at some point. He's like lighting his farts on fire and just like being, and just like kind of being obnoxious. And Louie's kind of like snarking at him and looking down at him. I think realizes like it's actually very funny and just like to kind of go with the flow more and he goes to take an upper decker when Louis taking a shit and he falls and cracks his head open and dies in the show <laughs> i forget his name something like horn something anyway um because he was funny like i liked him a lot i don't think the crowd was great where i saw him because i remember one time like i laughed at something he said that i thought was very funny he's like yeah spread it around like yeah. kind of saying like the crowd's not great i thought i, I just love comedy shows and i thought the openers were great yeah. this was an ac anyway at the same time, uh, he kind of had that thing that was like he like some book about him and his son just kind of complaining about what now I think we would call like woke cancel culture crits or like that sort of thing. Right. It was like I don't really find that funny either. Where it's just like you said that comedian just getting on like being edgy for edgy's sake, yeah, it's like being offensive to be offended. Like I don't I don't think that's funny either. That's just like you're just kind of throwing red meat to your. Exactly. you piss off like look i'm all for owning the libs but you, you gotta do it tactfully right, but, right like be funny about it yeah and that's the thing that i it, it's a weird balance in comedy where you don't like you still want to have you know your voice and your brand and you don't want to be the guy who shows up to like a show in arkansas and that can you know talks about sec football and you know and when I talk about a tranny, I'm talking about my truck. And then you do a show in Brooklyn like the next day and you're talking about how the Electoral College sh- shouldn't exist. <laughs> right. you know, you, you should yourself. <laughs> but like, you should also know how to sell your message to not your crowd. Right, 
Right. Like that that is if you're actually good at comedy, and like that's what Shane Gillis does. Like yeah. his message is not, you know, I would say liberal. It's not woke. It's not progressive. Right. But he kind of sells it in a way where he's like, I'm, you know, I'm not the bad guy. Right. Right. Well, I think a good example. I don't mean to like quote other comedians right now, but he has this really he has this great bit on um on like, on like no no like racism and it's like and football where where it's like uh, 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 remember the Titans, you know this they had segregation and deep racism for like hundreds of years, and they integrate the football team. It's like holy shit. The varsity team's four and oh. Those are my <laughs> brothers. Like, <laughs> it the whole town because the varsity football team is winning. Like, yeah, I mean, transgenders, you just put a good ground and pound together and they'll get equal rights. So it's kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> where he's like, he's like, yeah, well, I got, you know, it's like Alabama fans. It's like they've, you know, you look at the football team, it's like overwhelmingly black. And it's like, yeah. And, and these, they thought that, like, there was a time, it's like Alabama's football team didn't integrate to like 1973 or something. It's like, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. That's not that long ago, right? But he, but it's kind of I kind of got a, lot, a little bit of that in me. It's like a white guy catches the ball on Sunday. It's like go 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 up. up. <laughs> they got him. They, they got him. It's like <laughs> I I never understood when I was a kid. Cause I I think Ben, you were kind of the same way. All my favorite yeah. players were black. And uh, yeah, I mean it's hard. To, yeah, I, I, I never understood like why guys our dad's age would like kind of root for the white guy. I was like, that guy's such a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then you get a little older and you're like, come on, buddy. Fucking Christian. Get one for us. <laughs> Doesn't matter that Christian McCaffrey's on a rival team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Duke could ball out. Yeah, no, I definitely, you know, Barry Sanders was one of my favorites. Ricky Williams. Um, I just loved running backs, but yeah, it's like, dude. Fucking hit me with a white safety. Oof. <laughs> you, you know, I love Wayne, me a white Wayne safety. Corbett was always my favorite. Wayne Corbett was that, great. Yeah. Good. Hey, you need a good possession receiver. Exactly. Guy get, guy get the ball guy in the league. Third and six. You know where you're going with the, with that button hook. I knew exactly where the chains were. You know? <laughs> smart. He was a smart player. Cerebral, you know, lunch pail. <laughs> working <laughs> class. G- gym all rat. the other things. Like he went to Hofstra. Like he's from Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> Joe doesn't follow football. Yeah, I, I watch sports things. You, you watch sports things? Yeah, all the, all the sports. All well, of them. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't soccer, buddy. I, I, <laughs> so, so the Raiders played against uh, the 49ers. I know about that recently. Yeah, is it? I don't really pay attention to pre preseason. Yeah. And one thing I think we we can get Joe on board with football with is Ben. Did you see the the prison sentence that Henry, Henry Ruggs got? No. What was it? He got like six to ten years because he killed. So he was he driving killed. like 130 miles an hour yeah. in Las Vegas and killed someone. Jeez. And the best part, though, was that after the sentence, O.J. Simpson hopped on Twitter (laughs) to talk about how easy Henry Ruggs got off. (laughs) 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 It's an an injustice. (laughs) Hey, hey, Twitter fam. (laughs) Hey, Twitter fam. The Henry Ruggs sentence is an injustice. (laughs) 
<laughs> you cut a woman's head off. <laughs> Let me tell you, he really got off easy. This American justice system. <laughs> now, Joe, Joe follows some. You follow some sports. Well, your dad's a big yeah. Raiders fan. Yeah, right? yeah, dude. Or I mean, I never really got why Oakland had sports to begin with. Yeah, but it, I just never thought of them as like. But there's a lot of people in California. Yeah, but they're losing everything. I know, I know. Like they're losing the athletics now. Yep. Yep. Vague. I mean, Vegas. So, so here's what I, I was talking about this recently, more cities and Vegas had the perfect opportunity to do this and they didn't. And I, maybe it didn't time up well, fine, but like more teams, I think more cities should embrace one color palette for their teams. Like Pittsburgh does like all Pittsburgh sports are the same colors and it's fucking awesome. Mm. And Vegas didn't have any teams and now they're going to have three and they had the chance to do this. And I understand like you can't change the Raiders colors. Right. But if they were planning to get the Raiders when they got the golden Knights, obviously don't call them the golden Knights, but like you should have just gone with the silver and black change the athletics. Who gives a shit about them? And that you could have had that with, with Vegas. I think that would have been the right move to make. It's a good point. At least the, at least the golden Knights are black though. Yeah, but real like it would have been so cool. Like New York has this a little, but New York just has too many teams. Like they have two of everything. Yeah. So you can't, but you have like blue and orange with the Islanders, the Knicks, and the Mets, because that's what the New York City flag is. But then you have, you know, the Rangers, the Yankees, like all these other teams. And then the other city that should have done this is Minneapolis because the Vikings are purple. Prince is like purple, purple rain. Like, like why are the Timberwolves, whatever the fuck colors they are? Right. Or the wild, like that was that the wild were created in the year 2000. Like you had the opportunity there to make them purple, that would have right. been sweet. Yeah. And then everyone associates purple with and it's also like purple is not a common sports color, yeah, for pro sports. Like everyone <clears throat> associates Minnesota with these colors. I really think more, more cities should do that. I think uh, more teams should be based on uh, the works of literary, uh, the famous literary works like uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I love that. I said that recently, actually. Did you really? Great. Yeah, I was just in Maryland. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I think you're on the show, not, not no, in no, private no, life. Show. Just in my private life. You <laughs> were right there. You had to be there. It's a joke. You were right there. Should have been there. <laughs> um, so taking this back to comedy. So have you experienced much of like the underground comedy scene, Pat, um, in LA? Like like backyard parties or like sort of like... like literally subterranean... Under, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't done anything literally underground, I don't think. <laughs> um, probably a basement here. Yeah, you, you gotta be in the now. Um, basements yeah. count. There aren't a lot of basements in California. Yeah, yeah. Now, I guess it's illegal, isn't it? Kind of earthquakes. Yeah, it's illegal. God, you guys don't have any fun out there. Yeah. But I want to make a basement in my house. I should be able to make a fucking basement. Just dig a hole and put a house in. Yeah, and actually, the last two houses I lived in actually had basements, but I mean, that, I, they were they were much older houses though. So you know how I know that that California doesn't have a lot of basements. Uh, I know, I know, because Zodiac. Zodiac. That's yeah. right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so any like weird off the, the. I'm not too in touch with like that part of the scene. That's, I guess would be considered like the alt scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's definitely that is not my game because I, I, I think that is the scene that does tend to skew a little more liberal. Right. Out here. Yeah. Um, and it, it's also just like I, I was. It's kind of like the weirder. You know, it's it's less kind of straightforward comedy and more. It's like it's it's like the Def just, Jam poetry of comedy. Yeah, just being fucking weird. 
<laughs> like, yeah, it was like like anti humor or anti comedy or yeah. Like... And here's the thing about anti humor and anti comedy is um, it's pretty fucking anti funny usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> I just I I don't know I can't get into the thing where people are like when when you start doing characters, man. Unless you're really good, yeah. fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're uh, what what's his name? Um, who's the guy who? Did a character and then just became that character. Dice. Dice. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he, even that he, was like he, he was doing great. that in the eighties. You could get away with doing characters in the seventies yeah. and the eighties. Right. Right. There's too many people who are good at just doing comedy now. Been any oh. sa- satanic comedy shows? No, I don't get invited to that kind of stuff. I, you know, I Joe does. My, Joe, my, goes my to, Jesus. <laughs> Joe, Joe goes to satanic <laughs> meetings. Dude, he says I've been, I've been to a few. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to a few. Yeah, my ass. They're really lame, though. They're these are like woke vegan Satanists. Like these are not like. This is not even fun. I know. Yeah, these aren't like sacrificing babies under a blood moon sort of thing. Like this is just like. What's the point? I know. It's just very political. It's very political. <laughs> these Satanists. It's so dumb. I want see. I want to go to Satanist meetings to escape. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to hear about the electoral college. <laughs> <laughs> You want to hear about like state-run oppression and and, and yeah. And, and, Every Satanist meeting is just a bunch of chicks trying to put a curse on Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? That's not important, it's, that's ladies. Not... <laughs> Get a life Satanist. <laughs> um, Actually, I went to a... working. I think he's fucked, but I don't know. We'll see. I went to a comedy show in Skid Row. Um, Why what? would anyone have a comedy show there? It was like one of these like secret comedy shows sort of things, I guess. Um, it was actually all right. Like there were actually some pretty decent comics, uh, but the headliner was um, Jamie Kennedy. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Who looks like he fits right in at Skid Row these days? Have you, have you guys seen, him, seen what he looks like? He's all like disheveled. He's got a big strong he's, Yeah, he's he looks crazy looking. He's a hope. He looks like a hobo. What's he doing these? I guess these. I guess comedy these shows under- in Skid Row. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny because the, the, the name of the place, it, it, it was an actual art gallery. It's called the Shit Art Gallery. It's like, of course, it would be in Skid Row, right? I mean, but uh, uh, he was like the surprise headliner. Is it just getting uh, robbed every night? I guess. I don't know. So he's not doing too well. I went to the nice part of Skid Row. Though. This was not, <clears throat> this was not I too bad. I don't believe you. <laughs> the, the Arts District. The arts yeah, district. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't yeah. believe the first time I looked at a map of that area in Los Angeles. The map actually says Skid Row. Yeah. Yeah, like I thought it was just a nickname. I thought it was yeah. just... <laughs> when you guys named your neighborhood Skid Row, what did you think was going to happen? Who yeah, did you shit think alley, was going like, to move in? The, the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you think that's why like, they, they named it wrong and so it just attracted the wrong crowd? I, yeah. It would be so funny if no one, if it was a normal neighborhood and they just like <laughs> named it Skid Row. Yeah. Like I have to imagine it happened because it was filled with homeless people. Right. Yeah. Right. But even it's like still, downtown. That, that would, That's like prime yeah. real estate if it wasn't full of violent heroin addicts. Drug addicts. Yeah. 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 Um, unfortunately, it is. It, are heroin addicts even violent? I feel like they're too busy being on heroin. Yeah. When they're not. Yeah, probably. It's the in between parts. That's uh, true. Yeah. Um, there was a, I, I, I read, uh, I think it was an LA mag, uh, a couple of years ago, there was like a, a, a socialist comedy collective in LA. Oh, I'm oh, sure it's God. hilarious. Oh my God. And Actually, so I read was, about them too. 
Yeah, it was so weird, man. It's so, I mean, first of all, it was super lame because they wanted to do like basically segregated comedy shows where it's like, where it's like we're not saying black, like we can't, we're not saying white people aren't allowed. We're just saying this is, you know, for blacks sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then they also had this thing where it's like, you know, we, we don't believe in cancel culture. We don't think that you should get canceled if you say the wrong thing. But we do recommend that if you want to stay in the collective, that you take a sensitivity class and say like, i don't want my comedians taking sensitivity classes like i don't want them all laughs must be spread out evenly <laughs> it's the lamest fucking thing ever it's like this after school like latchkey comedy thing it's so lame it's like it's, it's like, it's like for, for children it's stupid yeah i mean that's you know there, there are rare exceptions where like i might like I, I was hosting a mic the other night and i did have to tell a comic i'm like hey you, you yeah i need you to stop talking about that yeah. Um, but that's like very rare. Right. What was he talking about? So he was on. The, I had made a joke at the beginning of the mic about how you know, it's an old kind of like played out premise about like how you know there are women who say they're just as horny as men, mm. and like obviously that's a ridiculous thing to say because yeah, have you met, have you met men? Yeah. Um, and then there's a, a female comic went on a few comics after me and made a joke about how she think that that's that's actually different for gen z like all the dudes in gen z are just pussies and they're not mm -hmm. horny and like about this guy who like wouldn't fuck her and she was she was a cute girl mm -hmm. and then the the last guy on the mic was this like he's older comic like in his 50s and was like yeah i i would i would fuck you <laughs> <laughs> and she's, oh, and she's like a young like 22 year old girl yeah it's yeah. like whatever and then he said it like made another he was like yeah you're you're, <clears throat> you're like so hot and then he said it like five times that he would he would fuck her uh yeah, yeah. and like listen i'm not and it and it, none of it at no point did anyone laugh at it that was the other yeah thing. it's not right. funny it's just if it's that's funny just like and it creepy. plays you you can let it go kind of yeah but like it's clearly making the room and this woman are very uncomfortable mm -hmm. right right and so i tried to do it in like the most like in this way possible like steve i need you to i'll let you say anything you want up there except for how badly you want to fuck melissa yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> please move on oh so yeah. they got to you too yeah. <laughs> the, the progressive <laughs> oh but yeah man. it was just it would have been was, funny. It would have been funny. He could have saved that bit by saying, "You remind me of my daughter." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That I I might have laughed at that actually. That that would have been funny because it's so <laughs> gross and absurd. Um, sounds like something Louis would say. No, it does. It does. Um, but yeah, I was just like my my thing with that is, it's one thing to do that, kind of like even at a show where like the audience is there expecting to, you know, like maybe get shit on like th this girl shit up. She paid her $5 to do comedy as well. Right. You know, can we treat her like she's a fucking comedian? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, don't make your whole set about how you, you want to fuck it. Like you did it once. It didn't work. Like just please move on from it. Right. Right. And it's then like, like from you're a not even a daddy. Too, like you're not even hot. Yeah. No, no, he's not. But like, also from a business standpoint, and it's not my business, but like, I'm hosting the mic for someone else, and this becomes known as like the place where, if you're a female comic, you go and fifty year old dudes are trying to fuck you. Like, right? That's right. not good for business. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most important thing. I think that's more important than the feelings and everything. You know. 
exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right though. Where it's like, it's like, okay, you you tried to be edgy, it didn't work. Move on to, and then it's like, okay, now you're just being a dick. Yeah, it's yeah. not an edgy take. That's yeah. just being gross. Yeah, no. Yeah, like, well, sometimes... it's not an edgy take because we we would all fuck her. It's not edgy <laughs> at all. We're men. <laughs> that was the whole point of my joke. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'm looking at this article. Melissa is hot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking at this uh, the article, the LA Times article, and so this 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 collective is called. They're called the the comedy co-op. Because of course it is. Co-op uh, is just a, a new term for commies. Oh no no, uh, <clears throat> and uh, so I got a quote from from I guess uh, uh, like one of the leaders of this co-op. Uh, What's important to me is to be solution oriented. If someone screws up on stage, we're not going to kick them out. There's going to be accountability. We tell them to act better and to give them tools. We need to have sensitivity training. This is like what's going on in a comedy collective. Yeah, see, that's like sensitivity training for comedy and accountability. Like that joke that you made on stage was was was, was offensive, and, and you know, it's like it's one of the be like, hey, dude, like that joke like was really lame. Can you work on that? Can you massage that joke a little bit better? But it's but it's like to say that it was inappropriate. And it's, like, it's I feel like that shit just gets. I'm not. I'm not a comedian. I've never been in a green room, but I feel like that's where it gets settled. Like you just give that person shit yeah. for not being funny. Right. And and if it's offensive but it's funny, then like that's the point. Yeah. Like yeah. there's something. There's some truth in that. That's why it's funny. Or it's so. Well, whatever. The delivery. It's awkward. It, it touches a nerve. Whatever it is. Like there's reasons funny. <clears throat> but it's not funny. Rip on them for being not funny. Yeah. Not yeah. for being insensitive. Right, right. Exactly. And do you know what the accountability for having a shitty joke is? No one laughs? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> you get held accountable for it right away when right. no one fucking laughs at it and your set's terrible. Right. What, what was it? Was it uh, I've heard it on Rogan. I don't know if he came up with the term, but it's like to describe bombing on stage is to like watch your mom suck a thousand dicks or something. That's punishment enough. Exactly. It really is. That, that, that's the thing. The bomb is punishment enough. Yeah. I watched a girl get on stage. I, I was at a... There's this cool little pet. If you're ever in New Orleans. Did I not take you there? No, you didn't. Station? No, you didn't. No, Pat, Pat did visit me in, in oh. New Orleans. It's this cool like local bar and but they'll have like I, I remember when I was there, Hannibal Breast just like showed up and went on stage. Um, so like they'll get big name people, but I was just there for a regular open mic night, um, where it was a mix of people who obviously you could tell had done this for a while and people who literally it was the first time getting on stage. And um I thought it was great. Like I just like live comedy, I thought it was very funny. Uh Besides, just watch this one girl get up there. It's like white knuckle grip the mic like yeah. this. It's like swaying back and forth and, oh. and like barely get any words out and then just like stumble off stage. Oh, man. That, that's a tough one. I've seen people, I've seen people do that and yeah. it's, it's painful to watch. And the tough part is like you, you want to laugh for yeah. them. Yeah, like you're like you're you're almost begging them, like give me something to give laugh me... at. Right, right. This is so tough to sit through. Right. But when like, it's almost like if you don't laugh at, if they don't have a punchline, yeah, there's nothing to laugh at, and it's like it would almost be rude to laugh at. Like if you laughed while in the middle of this sentence, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you laughing at?" Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like I didn't right, say right. anything funny. Right. And I've I've seen and here's why I, I don't get into like the the alt comedy. I've seen 
comics like that get up and pretend to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, like pretend to be just that exact. Like, yeah, like nervous and yeah, like they can't get words out. I'm like, what are we doing here, man? Yeah, yeah. And also, you're not doing them any favors either by la- by giving them like you know false laughs. Yeah. Like we're just like, oh yeah, somebody laughed at that. Okay, I'm I'm gonna keep that one. <laughs> Yeah. In my bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a keeper. I should be not being able to speak. I think that's working. Yeah, How many know. times a week do you do you go on stage? Um, probably five ish. Oh shit, so, really? Yeah, I do nice. open mics I would say five nights a week, and on, on Sundays I host five mics in a row. So Sundays alone, I I do five sets. Well, are you oh, always okay. at the same venue or do you move around? Uh well on Sunday I, I host at the this one spot. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I, I hop around to wherever, you know, different open mic spots or if I have a show that week, wherever the hell that is. Yeah. Um, uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast, he had Mark Normand on. And, uh, uh, of course, you know, Rogan started talking about like conspiracy theories and like, uh, uh, 9-11 and was talking about like, you know, you know, building whatever. And, you know, people think that, you know, it exploded before the building crashed. And then, and then, so, so Mark Norman's like, oh, is that, is that really true? And he goes, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, according to bomb, ac- according to bomb experts, and he goes, bomb experts, they should see your act. <laughs> <laughs> Norman, Norman has a great delivery. Dude, his voice yeah. is like yeah. he was like. There's nothing else that he was born to do except comedy with that voice. Yeah. Like he has a great voice. <laughs> he, he's a New Orleanian, and he talks about going, right. going to like public high school in New Orleans, just like the race wars that would go on and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the kind of city where the, the whites are losing the race war there, probably. Yeah, well, the whites like a lot of cities. The whites are actually growing. Mm. Like so, so, a lot of the non-whites are kind of like fuck like we had this shit locked <laughs> it's like they'll, they'll be like open you always tell from the realtor terms like there's this neighborhood in new orleans called the Marigny, which is like right next to the french quarter down river a little and it's now like very i almost live there's like very nice very authentic in the architecture and and um used to be very hipstery and art artist like but now like everywhere it's just expensive um the neighborhood down river from that is, is what kind of what that used to be uh, but that already has its own name but then above what's called um uh, saint claude avenue uh there's a neighborhood that, that is called like something totally different it's mm. called uh, the seventh ward or saint rock and then you see the realtors calling it the new marini and so you just yeah. tell it's like oh that that's just a, a gentrification term uh, yeah, that's, get, that's what you're trying to do. Got to get the white Pat. You'll appreciate this because you, you you know these towns. But have you ever heard Maplewood? Do you know what they call Maple? Realtors call Maplewood. Oh, um, it's it makes like me want to tear my head out. Brooklyn tear my hair out. West or yes, whatever. it's Brooklyn West. <laughs> right, it's not even the same fucking state. No, <laughs> not even near Brooklyn. Yes, no, but it, it it is it, it is that kind of town where people who lived in brooklyn who now want to not actually deal with all the bullshit of being a city you know what i mean people who like like to think of themselves as city people yeah, but have actually kind of given town. up on, on being able to do that so it's brooklyn in the sense that it's incredibly <laughs> segregated very expensive and yeah. white people don't want to live anywhere near the black people yes it's, it's just like brooklyn yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes joe this this town is right like literally we bordered like Pat and my town growing up we, we boarded this town called maple actually my fiance's mom's from there and mm. it's very um it's like the crossover from like wealthy 
New Jersey, like to the opposite of that, <laughs> New Jersey. Right. Uh, this kind of like the, the the crossover where part of the town is like very liberal and wealthy and quaint with the great. It does have a good downtown. Um, yeah and train station and all that. And then it gets into like some really rough areas, the more East you go. Uh, actually, coincidentally that there's this, um, do, do you remember during the satanic panic, but the whole, um, like childcare centers being accused of yeah. like satanic <clears throat> sacrifice and having like all that shit. Well, this is actually where it took place, which is crazy because right. you would think that would be down in like Arkansas or Florida or, or Georgia or something like that. But like, no, this right. was Maplewood, New Jersey yeah. where this, and Barry Weiss did a podcast on interviewing this woman who was literally, I think she served time for just the most absurd accusations of child abuse, like horrific <clears throat> stuff because the children, you know, said it, yeah. but children just want to please adults. And they're right. just kind of seeing that they were getting positive feedback. So they kept just making shit go wilder and wilder. And uh, you had a prosecutor who was just like out to be on a mission. Like that happens a lot. And this woman's life was like ruined and now she's fine and all that. But it's like, these are like doctors and lawyers in wealthy liberal Maplewood, New Jersey. And that's where like, I think it's a really good story actually. Yeah. It, I mean, terrible for her. And these oh, employees, yeah, yeah. but, <laughs> but a really like interesting kind of like social experiment, uh, like an analytical anthrop anthropological, um, you know, example of how, well, like it, it's honestly like the Salem witch trials happened yesterday. I mean, right, I think this right. was like the nineties or two thousands, yeah. but still, yeah. Um, uh, very, yeah. very good. But anyway, yeah. Brooklyn there's no two, there's no group of people too smart for like mob rule. <laughs> yeah man look at fucking covid <laughs> like, like, like look look at the shit that happened during covid like how yeah, people uh, we othered people and um like the horrible things people would say about each other yeah. for not getting uh, a vaccine or for not wearing a mask it's it's really sick uh, yeah. yeah i mean i i've been I, don't know, I remember like being i was bringing all my groceries i'm wiping them all down with a fucking lysol oh, yeah that i had to buy from the like the Mexican convenience store because all the regular Lysol wipes, those were gone. You couldn't get yeah. those. I had to buy knockoff Lysol Go wipes. off the grid. I was making his own Lysol wipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a point where it was terrifying because we didn't know. We yeah. had no idea what was going on. You know, March, April, May. Like, I remember in February, I was at a, you know, a, an annual party I have with my friends. Uh, we were rented a cheap Airbnb because it was a beach house, it was February, so super cheap. And we're like, should we be worried about this? Mm. <laughs> like, like this shit sounds pretty wild. Yeah. And we just went back to playing, you know, drinking games. But, but it, yeah, that, that early period was not like it's no one's fault that we were doing those things. It's people who were doing wiping down their groceries six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> who, yeah. Oh my God, like, right. like, like that, that, those are the people you have to be concerned about. I know. I'm still seeing people. I mean, it's like, you know, 80, 90 degrees here. And it's like, I'm still seeing people wearing like young people wearing masks outside. It's like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I still see them here in oh LA. God, yeah, dude. Yeah. I used to do a joke about that. How about <laughs> I, I see all these because emo kids are back. Yeah. Yeah. And I see all these. And the whole joke was like, I, I hate the way Gen Z is doing emo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I see all doing these, emo. They're, first of all, they're popular kids, which get the fuck out <laughs> oh, of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I see all these emo teenagers wearing face masks. And yeah. it's like, listen. They're like messages on their masks. 
<laughs> no, but it's just like you, if you want to be responsible and protect yourself, protect other people, whatever, that's fine with me. But not if you're a fucking emo teenager. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Go outside and start breaking the rules. It's smoking cigarettes. Like right, a real exactly. fucking emo kid. They're just smoking it <laughs> under their mask. <mouth. laughs> <laughs> I see that they all go to the same gym as me, too. I'm like, get outside and make fun of me for trying. Yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> Call me a poser. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so have you noticed, like, different types of com- – like, like, like comedians and, mm-hmm. and, and even audiences varying – um, from like neighborhood to neighborhood in LA where it's like, okay, the Hollywood crowd, this is what they're like. And, but this is like the Los Feliz crowd over here and the echo, cra- the echo park crowd. This is what they're like over here. Like, do you know, notice much like differences between crowds? Uh, um, and- that's something I, I think definitely exists a little bit. Like when you get into the more hipstery neighborhoods, it yeah. is definitely like that just because th- those shows tend to be thrown by people who live there. And, <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. That, I mean, there's a little bit of that feel, um, What's a hipster neighborhood? Echo Park. Uh, I took Echo Park, basically like 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 Echo northeast Park. LA. So like Highland Park is, is Park. my my neighbor. Echo Park, Los Feliz, Silver Lake. Silver Lake, yeah, that would probably be Silver Lake, where the most yeah. like hipster shows would happen. Would did we go to Echo Lake. Park, Joe? Yeah, we did. Yeah, remember those the, the those that lake, um, yeah. the famous lake, and then that's also where the Michael Jackson Michael Jackson. Um, oh, the, the house, Thriller House, Thriller House, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely a little bit of that um so to be honest like i i'll do shows anywhere yeah, yeah. you yeah. i've driven down to orange county for shows fucking doesn't matter yeah if i'm yeah. doing an open mic i'm not leaving the valley right i'm not getting mm-hmm. on a freeway yeah, yeah, yeah. if i have to pay to do comedy mm-hmm. i am not getting on a freeway like that's my general rule of thumb yeah yeah unless there's like you know you go to this one and someone will book you. And fucking, I'll do that. Whatever. Right, but right. I'm not driving all the way to fucking Silver Lake just to do a bit in front of nine hipster comedians who aren't going to laugh at me because <laughs> they don't like that I fucking... You're not diverse enough. Or, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a white guy because I look like I'm in a frat. Right. Well, you were in a frat. I was. <laughs> and I still look like it. <laughs> and that's why they don't like me, Ben. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like whenever I, I go to any of these neighborhoods, like, you know, I'll always see posters. It's like, oh, like here's like the LGBTQ comedy night or here's, you know, female, like gender non-binary. Weirdly, I've never been invited to be on those shows. Interesting. Uh, I've been trying to break into that market. Yeah, I know some people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like those themed nights and also like 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 i'll see that with film festivals like this is like an lgbtq film festival and it's like most of those movies are really bad and it's not because of you know them being lgbt it's the fact that they put it so front and center where it's like like that's the main point of the movie it's like yeah look at how oppressed we are it's like that's not entertaining and i think i wouldn't be surprised if the same thing for comedy it's like, yeah we're doing feminist comedy night it's like I think oh I know ninety percent of your jokes are going to be about that's, that, that. That's my hell. It's just <laughs> comedy night. <laughs> You know, I, I, I love that. The, the thing I love about feminist comedians is that somehow men are simultaneously the dumbest people on earth, but we've also organized all of society to work only for us and against women. It's like you got yeah. kind of got, you kind of have to pick a lane. Yeah, pick one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are, are we incompetent <laughs> morons or are we evil geniuses? Right, right. You're like, it's not both. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my yeah, my hell is feminist comedy night and the waitress is just ignoring me for my drink order. 
Oh, that's no. <laughs> that's hell. Or she's charging you twenty percent more to make make up for the wage gap. Wage gap, of course. Wage, like yeah. like a, a coffee shop in Australia that was doing that. They were yeah. Making, they were having men. They went out more. of they went out of business. They, they, that's right. Yeah. I'm not Wonder even kidding. I, I I heard about it recently. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I, I'm not surprised at all by that. Was that Australia? I think it was Australia. I thought it was a. Yeah, I also know there was a. I'm sure a few places a have done socialist it, one. There's one I listened to a whole podcast <laughs> about. I feel it's like a socialist one or. Mm. or a feminist one or some so in portlandia there's a uh there was a recurring sketch where fred armerson and carrie brownson they played they, they ran a feminist bookstore yeah. and, and and fred armerson he, he would he would be in drag he'd play a, a like a feminist like chick uh yeah. and and so they, they shot at a real feminist bookstore in portland and they like the owners of the bookstore they, they got offended because they're like oh like that's transphobic and it's you know yeah, they're, they're not welcome like, right I can't, well, yeah, so, so they couldn't shoot there. It's like, when you watch it, it's like the jokes that they made about feminists were so lighthearted. Like, it was not edgy right wing anti feminist. It was silly, kind of like little jabs at feminism, but it's still very pretty progressive humor. Um, but they yeah. were so offended that they, 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 they um, uh, refused to let them shoot there anymore. And then, so then they put out like a statement saying, you know, we don't let this transphobic show, you know, shoot here anymore and this and that. Um, and then, like, then uh, uh, the store went out of business, and then they, they blamed capitalism for for going out of business. <laughs> they, they had like a sliding book, so it was like you pay what pay whatever you can, sort of thing. And it's like I don't know, man. Maybe a little bit of capitalism might have helped you a little. Or bit. just like getting the attention of a like shooting. Like I just talked about going to a, a bar in Austin because a movie was shot there. Yeah, like having a very popular show. Capitalize on shoot, that. Yeah, capitalize on that. Like people go, oh, I want to go to the bookstore. That is yeah. in Portlandia. Show did, that you have a sense of humor. Like, yeah, we don't mind being made fun of a little bit. Like this, we were in a comedy show, and yeah, come come check out our store. It was like they, it was such a like they killed the golden goose. And it's like whatever. If, if like you're gonna have a socialist feminist enterprise anywhere in America, it would be in Portland, and it would yeah. succeed. Yeah. Like if there's yeah. one city where it where it could succeed, yeah. it would be Portland. And they still failed. <laughs> I just remember the, the only thing I remember. I, I haven't watched a lot of that show. Yeah, I, I saw maybe a few episodes. Of the only thing I remember is like, I think someone gives them a twenty dollar bill to like buy something, but they can't yeah. break it, so they have to like close the store to go to the bank. I was. I love when people like. I, I I'm not some fucking extreme capitalist or whatever. Sure, but I always find it really funny when people who don't know anything about history love to blame capitalism for everything. Yeah. yeah so like yeah. we've been, we've been doing this for 2000 years. Like actually we haven't capitalism was invented like 300 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, most of the things, <laughs> like, we, we, we started murdering native Americans way before capitalism existed. We started colonizing people of color like long before capitalism. Right. Right. It's, it, it's more of a human nature thing than a capitalist thing. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, fucking a man, Portlandia, like um, stupid feminist bookstore. I'm yeah. actually well. There goes my pitch for opening a feminist bookstore with you, Joe. Oh, <laughs> I love feminism. It's good. You should open a uh, masculine bookstore. Yeah. No, no. What you should do? A great experiment. Open a masculine bookstore and a feminist bookstore. Just right next to each other and see which one stays in business longer. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Like, I think women read a lot more than yeah, men. Yeah, I was going to say, men don't really read. That's, that's which, which is fucking weird to me because I read a ton, but it's yeah. true. Like, I, But that being said, um, I also don't, as much as we're ripping on like feminist stuff, like I, I'm not a fan of like Manosphere shit. 
I, I find I find it like very annoying and dumb, yeah. and like I think it's like you should have strong male figures in in your life and in culture. Like that should all exist, but the the manosphere stuff it to me feels like I know it's terms overused, but like a total grift. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it feels like oh it's God, it's yeah. like just another form of snake oil. Um, we've seen that with people like Liver King. Like actually, he took tons of steroids. Like it was not just him yeah. eating livers and yeah. and organs um, <laughs> organ meat uh and I, I just find the whole kind of vibe to be very off-putting it is and it's also like so much of it is fake because like there's this one dude i don't know if you if you remember he, he got busted he had a big he's bald he's got a big beard and he's he's really into like this sort of like you know yeah <clears throat> yeah i forgot what um, his name was but um yeah super Weird macho one. dude but it turns out that he had like made gay porn years ago or something yeah, yeah, it was I something like name. that. I followed him for a little, and yeah. then I was like, "Well, what is more masculine than gay porn? We've eliminated the women." I know it's true. It's just, dude. It is, it's just it about is domination. So male focused. Yeah, it's very Greek. You know, it's like we're going back yeah. to that. You know, like, very Spartan. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just what's more dominating than holding the other guy and fucking him in the ass. Like <laughs> the old, it's the ultimate expression of male domination. But. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, did he do gay porn or did he do like? I thought he even did um, what's it called, like cuckold porn. Yeah, that's what it was. Now that's that's what pretty anti masculine. Yeah, I'm, that's yeah. like, I mean, I, I honestly, what I just said, like, you could make that argument, yeah, no. oh, 100% about like dominant and like you could basically you could spin zone that, yes, you can't spin zone cuckold porn I know. into I know. being yeah. like, like masculine. Sharing my wife, yeah. Like well, maybe literally... that's what sent him down that road, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am tired of this shit. God. I am tired of my wife fucking other men. <laughs> I, I, if, if my wife, they're so manly. If my, if my wife bikes twelve more men, I swear to God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start the manosphere Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I think his name was Jack. Something. Jack, oh, you're right. Not Jack Dempsey. That was a boxer from the twenties, but it's something close. Jack. Uh, oh, fuck. You're right. Or are we just thinking of the most guy name ever, Jack? Who's the guy who started the Proud Boys? Oh, that's that, Gavin McInnes. That's Gavin McInnes. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, that's not. That's not really. Man, is that like Manosphere shit? Manosphere stuff is like the guys who talk like this, and you got in. And they were selling it. hair supplements and and and, and <laughs> muscle this and I don't know. I'm not. I just find the vibe very very. Is it Jack Murphy? Jack Murphy. That's who it was. Yes. No, Jack that's Murphy. right. Yeah, I mean, man, the the fucking Shakespearean downfall of that guy. I know. I think he even wrote some articles about like how great it is to get pegged by your wife. Shit, hey, like... I mean, don't knock to try that, but I don't no, know. No, no. It's, it's here's the thing that that is not masculine. If you're being pegged by another man, no, that's true. Yeah, perfectly masculine. Right. Yeah. That's true. It's true. No. <laughs> but as soon as a woman is in there. All right, let's get the Venn diagram of what's, what's, what's masculine. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so which bookstore do you, do you think would succeed, though? The, the, the masculine one or, or the, the feminist one? Which one do you think? <laughs> which one has a bar? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, though, feminist, I do. Probably. Really? Because uh, I, I feel like you might get a bunch of macho dudes who don't read, but just like, yeah, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this Trump book. Yeah, I'm gonna get this. This, but they're Jack not. Murphy book. Just, they're, just to own the, the the feminist. I don't think they're gonna buy books. That's the thing. Like, mm. I just don't. I, honestly, I don't. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm a writer. I see who reads my books. I yeah. see who leaves reviews. Like, who joins email lists. It's just overwhelmingly women. 
right right and, and like i've written all different types of shit like right. it's uh it, it's just i don't know i honestly don't know why that is men were just what we're too busy counting money and building bridges <laughs> and, and losing all of our money on bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> um i mean you know it, we're uh, fucking now we're playing video games like guys, guys aren't yeah. doing that shit yeah yeah well i'm building empires i know what you, you you losers are up to but are you playing age of empires are you playing, age of empires? Are you, are you yeah. playing with the the mamluks yeah the yeah. mamluks are fighting the byzantines <laughs> i mean if, if if the male bookstore only sold books then yeah i think the female books that the feminist bookstore would win but if it was like we, well we got a bar and a bowling alley and a strip club well, think about it this way: kind like, of stops being a book. The manosphere, <laughs> the man, like, like, like a lot of more women are going to read. I think overtly, women like feminist shit. That's right? true. Yeah. Like, doesn't matter what's inside the books. So, like, you put up the displays, whatever, versus like man stuff. And yeah. then you're going to get a lot of like soy boy beta cucks who are also going to read that stuff. That's true. Who are just trying to, who are honestly just like the beta male predator, which is yeah. what I dubbed the kind of the, the guys in promising young woman it's like it's not the typical juice head gorilla guido who are you know the the predators no it's like these liberal brooklyn la dudes yeah. who are just as bad in in, in their own way dad um, said refers to them he refers to it as sneaky fucker syndrome yeah yeah male feminist is like it's it's i think it's a red flag yeah, yeah. Like, first of all, you don't have to be a feminist to say like you want equality and people to be treated well and sure. equal opportunity. Like, that's not if that's not being a feminist, right? Like, that's right. just being a decent person. Yeah. Um. So, any like more than that just does get into that sneaky fuckery. Yeah. No. <clears throat> all right, guys. On that note, yeah, let's all do a feminist bookstore collective in <laughs> Austin, Texas. Yes. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, uh, Pat, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? <clears throat> yeah, uh, Pat underscore Colicchio, C-O-L-I-C-C-H-I-O on Instagram. Um, I think I'm basically that, or, you know, just Pat Colicchio on Twitter. Um, I think I'm on TikTok, too, but I don't really use it. I, I, re- I post stuff on, on TikTok. I, I refuse to swipe through anything because I don't, I don't want the Chinese government knowing what I'm interested in. Oh, yeah, they still yeah. know. <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> now every time i go on i'm not interested at all in the first video that pops up so i'm like they got no clue uh, <laughs> we can't figure this guy out <laughs> Sucking idiots <laughs> what does he like oh, man. it's just the whole like red people's party china cabinet just sitting uh, on, on my table <laughs> we must know what one day something for college football is going to pop up and we, we fucking got him we got him <laughs> all right all right guys well all this right, was time. fun and uh yeah crits. yeah the crits like and thanks for coming on pat yeah thanks, absolutely. Pat. thank you guys thank for you, having Patrick. me always fun yeah take care <laughs>